Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We are in a series right now entitled First Love Fire. We are in part five right now. And so this will be a nine or 10 part series, okay? Depending on if um, <laughs> what happens here moving forward, okay? But I've got planned for nine, could go longer, but this is the longest series we've had on Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, an episode releases every Monday and Thursday through charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could download the Charisma Plus app for great content as well. It's totally free and you can get my show on there too. Or, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to, you can tap into Awaken Podcast. And so this series is about remaining in his love. It is about first love, passion with the Lord Jesus Christ and staying in that place. Doesn't need the place, doesn't need to be a place we visit, doesn't need to be a honeymoon phase when you first encounter the Lord. This could be something that we grow in and live in for the remainder of our lives here on this earth, okay? We can go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, always taking ground, always going higher, all right? And so today, it's not going to be a long episode, but I want to go into, um, on, on part one, we just laid a foundation for first love. Now, we've been going into different shows where I'm talking about things that hinder us from remaining in first love, and I'm going to go into that again today. But if you didn't listen to part one through four, go ahead and listen to those shows and then listen to this one. But this is part five, and I'm going to talk about bad company ruining, ruining good morals, as we find in Scripture, having no godly community, okay? Um, you know when you're best friends with somebody, you know, or someone has best friends, like, you, you can tell when they're together, all right? They often use the same phrases, they talk the same, they might even laugh the same, they believe similar things, or on the same page about a lot of issues, because they spend so much time together. They almost look like each other. It's almost like, oh, you, you know that guy, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we're friends. Okay, I can tell that you spent a lot of time together just based on a few different things. And so, same thing with believers. The more you spend time with the Lord Jesus, the more you're conformed to His image and likeness. As you behold him, you become just like him or you manifest the nature that he has put on the inside of you, the divine nature of God. And when you're around godly believers, all right, their positive attributes will rub off on you as well. They will challenge you. It is iron sharpening iron. They will challenge you and you will see Christ in them and you will grow. You will grow in your walk with the Lord. By developing a godly community, I'm not necessarily saying that you need to attend attend a specific church building on a Sunday to be doing church biblically. I don't think that's the case. I know in my life, the Lord has led me to certain churches, Faith Fellowship in New Jersey with Pastor David Titamola. I got saved in that church and the Lord led me to stay in that church. Another church tried to pull me um, away when I first got saved, but the Lord told me to stay in that church. It, it is my family is what he said to me. I remember being in worship and there was an evangelist who was trying to get me to help him with the church plant. And I remember I was in church at Faith Fellowship with my parents. My parents went there. I had friends there. Uh, my pastor, you know, Pastor David Titamola was there who's prayed for me. Um, he's with the Lord now, but I remember this is years ago in 2008, 2009. And, um, I was worshiping the Lord said, this is your family. And I knew that God wanted me to go to church and not just on Sunday, but I got involved. I was in the young adult ministry and I would go to Thursday services and we would spend time there. Was, there was young adults and there was, you know, we'd spend time with each other. I built a family in that church. It wasn't just going to a service. God wasn't all about me just going to a service, worshiping for 20 minutes, half an hour. Sometimes we would go longer, real Pentecostal church, and then we'd hear a message. It wasn't 
necessarily about that, okay? It was about developing a family environment, developing friendships in the body of Christ, people that we can do life with, okay? And then I was at Christ for the Nations. I went to a small church. That first church, Faith Fellowship, was a mega church, thousands of people. And then when I was at Christ for the Nations, God led me to a small church, about 20 people. And we were in this pastor's backyard and it was amazing. There was a gift of the spirit and flow and operation. And I saw the Bible come alive in that church and God led me there. And there were spiritual fathers that poured into my life. And it was a beautiful thing, but I knew God wanted me there during that time. And so I truly believe that God will lead you to a church that you may attend on a Thursday, a Saturday, a Sunday. And if God has you at that church or at a church specifically, go faithfully, serve, don't just go to the service and leave. Make friends, all right? Um, just, you know, it's all about family. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity is a family, and they welcomed humanity into that family. So we get to grow in a relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we come to faith, we get to know the Lord, and it's all about family. Heaven is family, okay? And so it's all about building relationship with Jesus and building relationship with those around us, godly believers, okay? You know, many people, so... You know, you don't need to go to a church building, but if the Lord leads you into that format, then that's where he wants you. And many people, you know, in the beginning, you know, there was home churches, you know, in the book of Acts and you read it, there was different home churches. Okay. And that's good too. Meeting in a home, gathering in a home. The most important thing, it's not the place that you gather. It's that you gather with godly people. Okay. It is important to gather together with believers to develop relationships with them, no matter what the form or function looks like on the outside. This is really one of the only scriptures we have in terms of gathering together besides the example that we see in the book of Acts. But you go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and it's out of the New American Standard Bible. Do not abandon your own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He's saying, as the day of the Lord is drawing near, meet together. Do not abandon coming together as believers, as is the habit of some, just like in today's day. You know, uh, people that are abandoning the gathering together, they they create a habit of not gathering with the people of God and they live in isolation. They try to just have a personal relationship with Jesus. I believe in an intimate personal relationship with the Lord, but it can't be so personal that no one else is involved in it. Okay. You know, like I got a personal relationship with God. I just, I could worship at my house. I could pray at my house. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I am encouraging that. Spend time with the Lord. Pray at your house. You don't need anybody else. But at the same time, God did bring us together as a family. We are the body of Christ. The arm needs a leg. The leg needs a liver. The liver needs a heart. The heart needs the, you know, we are supposed to function together as a body. So we can have that intimate, private devotion with the Lord, but we also need to have camaraderie and fellowship together. And so that is important. We should not abandon our meeting together as is the habit of some, but we need to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So one thing that helps one thing that kills first love in our lives is bad company. We're talking about good company, getting to a church or a home group or having friends that you fellowship with that you're spurring one another on, okay? You're encouraging one another. You're meeting together, all right? But one way that we lose our fire and our love for Jesus is by surrounding yourself with bad company. And when I've, there's been times in my Christian walk where I've been around people with very bad habits, and those habits began to rub off on me and I began to realize Holy Spirit showed me and highlighted it. And I said, you know what? I, 
If I'm around people that are weaker in faith or less mature in faith and they need deliverance in certain areas, I should be the one influencing them. They should be not they should not be the ones influencing me. And I can't spend a lot of time with these individuals if they're influencing me more than I'm influencing them. And so bad company, like the scripture says, corrupts morals. So I'm going to go into this a little bit more, but I'm just going to read you several scriptures here just because I think it's important for you to know that the scripture is very explicit on this. Very clear. First Corinthians 15, 32 to 34 says this. If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink for tomorrow we die. But do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Sober up morally and stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. And I say this to your shame. That was very frank. The Apostle Paul was very frank. Bad company corrupts good morals. Sober up, be moral, stop sinning. Pretty much is what he said. Don't be like the people who have no knowledge of God. He's talking to a people that were sinning, were living, um, you know, uh, you know, we're living, I guess, a sinful lifestyle. And they would be corrupted by their 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 thought processes here. This this was all said in context of people believing that Jesus wasn't raised. So he's saying that you're you're around people that really think there's no resurrection. Now it's leaking on you, and you're living in sin, eating, drinking, doing whatever you want because if Jesus wasn't raised, then it's useless. No, have a knowledge of God. There is a resurrection. Don't hang out with people that have wrong thought process that are gonna. Um, lead you astray from what you originally learned. And so Proverbs 13 verse 20 says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. These are good words. All right. When you walk with the wise, you become more wise. When you walk with fools, you suffer harm. This is 1 Corinthians 5.11. I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or if he's an idolater, reviler, uh, reviler, excuse me, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. And I believe the context of this has to do with people who don't want to change. Okay, Apostle Paul's not saying don't hang out with sinful people. No, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We need to be around people who have struggles in their lives so we can pray for them. We can be there for them. We can carry their burden. We can point them to Christ. And so he's not saying just don't hang out. Only hang out with people who aren't doing all these grievous sins. No, but in 1 Corinthians, he's specifically talking to a people who are being influenced by bad company people who are in sin they're being influenced and they're acting sinful instead of making people who are weaker in faith become stronger in their faith in christ and if somebody and this is said several times even in thessalonians i don't know if it's first or second thessalonians at the top of my head but we do not want the people of god to be influenced in that way and if somebody is non-repentant if somebody wants to do something that is harmful and they refuse to be repentant about it then don't don't associate with that individual all right. And that is heaping hot coals on there. At the end of the day, that separation is going to say, wow, maybe, maybe I need to reevaluate what I'm doing and how I'm thinking. Wow. I can't believe these people that I love are even distancing themselves a little, distancing, distancing themselves a little bit from me. Maybe I need to. And the Lord is going to work on them. The Lord is going to work on those individuals. Proverbs 26, four through five. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor I do cons- nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers and I will not sit with the wicked. All right, this is just more scriptures that talk about a righteous stand in terms of who they allow in their company. And then Proverbs 22, verses 24 to 45. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. 
very clear. Make no friendship with a man given to anger or a wrathful man because you could become an angry, wrathful man yourself. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 4. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season, and the leaf does not wither. In all he does he prospers, and the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff driven away by the wind. So you are blessed if you do not take counsel or advice from a wicked person, nor do you spend all your time with people that are sinners, people that are not after the same things you are after following the Lord Jesus Christ, living in his ways and his will. And you're not sitting down laughing with scoffers, but you're delighting in the way of the Lord. And this is something I am going to end with. A healthy believer has three kinds of relationships in their life. One, someone who is more spiritually mature than them so they could be discipled. You need mentors or spiritual mothers and fathers. This is very important. You need to have people in your life that are more mature, that have lived life longer than you with the Lord. Like my mother and my father, they both love Jesus and they've known him longer than me. And so I could glean from them and learn from them. Your pastors, your leaders, okay? Your Bible study teachers, the people in your home group, if you've met somebody, you know, in the older generation or even someone your age, but they're more spiritually mature, it's important to be discipled by individuals like that or to have people like that that will speak into your life, not only encourage you, but also correct you. It doesn't feel good in the moment, but it reaps fruits of of righteousness in our lives. So that's important to have someone that is a bit spiritually more mature than you and also to have people in your life that you can do life with. You're on the same level almost. You guys are all in the same place of maturity, a similar spiritual place. You could do life with, ministry with, run together. Just friends, just people that you could just be, you know, camaraderie, you know, like just people that are on the same playing field. You could talk about the Lord and you, you're in a similar place in life. Maybe if you're married, you're starting to get around godly married people. If you start having kids, you start getting around people who have kids so that you could have similar life experiences and share with one another. She so can get through these times and things, you know, so this is, so that's important. If someone more spiritually mature, people that are on a similar place as you, and also people who are weaker in faith that you can pour into, because that's our calling to teach the commandments of the Lord, to go and to preach the gospel. These are commandments of ours to strengthen the weaker brothers, to bear the burdens of, of people in the body of Christ. And so we need to have those that we're pouring into. But if we are around people who are weaker in faith and, and, and it's defiling us and we are growing in negative habits because of it, then we need to be careful of that. There are times and seasons to completely separate yourself. There's a scripture in Corinthians that says, separate yourselves from the world. It's talking about, oh, what was it? Oh, what is it? I can't, I'm having a hard time. I can paraphrase it. But come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and I will receive you. And so there was times in my life that I could not hang out with old buddies of mine that were drinking, smoking, cussing, you know, always talking about, you know, sexual perverted things all the time because I did not fit in. I felt like a fish out of water and I didn't want them to influence me negatively. So I'd go back to the mud that I came out of. I didn't want that. All right. I didn't want that. And so there was a time in my life where I needed to separate myself and I need to get out from among them. But now, you know, after a period of time, I get strong in my faith, fortified in spirit, and I'm able to now influence them and not have them influence me. That's very important. If you find yourself being influenced by people who are negative or or sinful, then please take your time, separate in a sense, all right? 
and you need to grow and strengthen your arms, your weak limbs and your arms, strengthen your spirit, okay? This is, you need that people more mature than you, people on your same level and people who are weaker that you could pour into, but we need to be aware of that. And I'm gonna read Proverbs 27, 17 out of the ESV, which many people know, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So we need to have people in our lives. We always be talking about the Lord, his goodness, challenging one another, praying for one another, sharpening one another, correcting in love people in our lives and letting them correct us, having a humble heart, receiving from other individuals. And so that is very, very important. And so this is something that could hinder love in our lives. Bad Hinder that first love passion is getting around bad company and letting that ruin our morals, taking the bad habits of other people. And um, we need to have a godly community that we surround ourselves with so we could burn together, so we could grow in the Lord together, so we could grow in the knowledge of the word of God together. And we could do this thing. We need to run our race. We need to gather together to encourage one another. And so this is vital in terms of remaining in that place of first love passion. There are certain words that will only come to you through individuals. I'm going to end with this. God has anointed certain words to come to you through individuals only. There are certain things he does not want to say to your spirit and your heart directly. He has anointed individuals to come into your life to deliver messages and words to you. And so if we shun relationships, we will miss out on the full picture of what God wants to do in our lives. He anoints relationships. We see it in the scripture, David and Jonathan. You see, Jesus chose James, John, and Peter as to be his close-knit group. We see it all over scripture, beautiful relationships that the Lord uses to empower us, okay? And so there's only, there's certain words that you will only receive through another individual that is anointed to be in your life in particular seasons, and so we must be open to the who the Lord brings in our life for seasons and honor those relationships and in the fear of God, hold these relationships, honor these relationships so that we can truly grow together so we could grow to the full stature of Christ Jesus and fulfill the calling and walk in the footsteps that he ordained for us from the beginning of time. And so bless you guys. Next, next uh, we will be continuing this series, First Love Fire. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get this out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll speak to you guys next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line, as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, Check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.